2: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today we're going to talk about the joys of skipping. And did you know that there is an entire worldwide skipping movement that was the brainchild of my guest today, Kim Corbin? Essentially, as she writes on her website, skipping offers a fun and uplifting way to be fully present in the moment. It's good for your body, mind, and spirit. And I just wanted to add to that that skipping has been part of our world since 1600 AD when the Egyptians used vines for jumping. And who could ever forget Dorothy, the lion and the scarecrow, and the tin man, <laughs> oh, i <I've> forgotten. <laughs> Dorothy, the scarecrow, lion, and tin man off to see the wizard arm in arm skipping down the yellow brick road. They were skipping. So it's a pretty cool thing. And before we meet the person responsible for really bringing skipping into the mainstream, let me tell you first about how I know Kim Corbin. So when I started doing this show, Finding Your Bliss, almost four years ago, someone introduced me, Mag Ruffman, actually, to this wonderful publishing company called New World Library. And I immediately met the senior publicist, Kim Corbin. And for years, I just thought of Kim as the wonderful person who sent us all of these great authors for our shows. And one day recently, quite recently, a few months ago, I think I just said, by the way, Kim, I've never asked you this. What is your bliss? And when she said skipping, I almost fell off my chair because I was really unprepared for that response. So, in addition to being a senior publicist at New World Library, Kim Skipper Corbin has been the world's most vocal advocate for the body, mind, and spirit benefits of adult skipping for over 23 years now. Her skipping movement has been featured in USA Today, Time Magazine, People Magazine and Newsweek, and in newspapers and TV newscasts all over the globe. And I'm so happy to have her here today. I could actually skip. Kim Corbin, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Oh, thank you so much, Judy. What an honor and a joy to be here with you today. Uh, Same. I'd love if you could take us all back just to 1997, when you first began skipping down a street, as it were. What was it about that moment back in the 90s that brought you so much joy and happiness and you knew it was going to become, I think even then, a significant part of your life?
1: I didn't realize the extent to which it would become a part of my life, but I had the vision at that point. And I was out with a couple of friends. One of them said, let's skip. And we went skipping down the street. I followed him. I wasn't sure at first. I felt a little self-conscious. I hadn't skipped since I was a kid. But as soon as I started skipping, this sense of full body joy filled my entire being i'd never experienced that before i'd always been pretty disconnected from my body and the joy that came through my body just was this jolt of aliveness and i had this vision like i cuz i'm a publicist i could get my friends to skip with me i could do publicity about it i thought i i bet i could start and then people would start skipping and i thought i had the whole vision but at the time, I wasn't quite ready to say yes to it. I even tried to recruit a friend of mine to be the skipper and I would be her publicist because I was not <laughs> ready to say yes to my bliss wow. yet and wow. to my calling, um, which I've since learned that that's actually a very common thing with our callings that a lot of times people say no at first and it comes back around. So that was in 1997. I told everyone I was going to do it and then it faded away um, until a couple of years later. It's so interesting, though, that you had that vision, as you've
2: said, and as I've read, and you kind of knew that there was something that was connected to your purpose. And I think that's so cool about bliss, because I think we do know um, sometimes sometimes it's a little bit impressionistic at first, but you had that sense very early on. What was it about skipping? Because I think there's so many benefits and we're going to get into all of them. But what was it just about the feeling? That just made you go, yeah, there's something more to, more to this than meets the eye.
1: Full-body joy is the simplest way to put it. And from my head to my toes, I felt alive. I felt like a kid again. I was excited. I had just this burst of positive energy. Mm-hmm. It, you can't help but smile when you skip. And so all of that got activated in me that first time. I just was like, wow, this is powerful. <laughs> And it's also something that's not that easy for adults to do. So, you know, like, so there was some self-consciousness too, but we all skipped as kids. So there was something about it that just really, even back then really spoke to me. So for our listeners
2: who can't see this right now, because we're on the radio, Kim is sporting very cute braids, beautiful blonde braids here. So even the way you're dressed, is very childlike and very fun. And was that always your way to wear braids or is that something that sort of came after the skipping realization?
1: I would say that my inner child has blossomed since the skipping movement. I've always had a big spirit. I've always been that way, but it's definitely developed over time. Like my inner child is The center and the heart of my life (laughs) for better or for worse sometimes. (laughs) That's so great.
2: It's so refreshing to hear your story and to talk to you. There are so many benefits to skipping. And in addition to the very fun and feeling good factor, you've said that when you first began skipping, you lost seven pounds. What are some of the major weight loss benefits to skipping?
1: Well, skipping burns twice as many calories as walking. And there was a recently a study done at East Carolina University that said that if you skip as fast as you run, so they had these college kids skipping really fast on the treadmill, (laughs) that you burn more calories than running. But for me, like a really important piece about skipping is that the measure of a good skip is how much fun you have from point A to point B. For me personally, it's not about going miles and miles. It's not about, you know, certain amount of time or speed on the treadmill. It's really about the quality of joy. Like for me, that's what makes a good skip, a good skip. So the fitness world was really interesting. It has, you know, it's easier on your joints than running is. It's like an animal frolicking in the field instead of running to get away from something. It's just play and fun and, So the physical fitness benefits were what the media most wanted to talk about, but it was never at the heart for me. I never was a fitness person. That was an an added benefit that came in from it. But for me, it was about freedom and fun and being willing to let my spirit lead my life.
2: So cool. So I have to tell you, in preparing for this interview, I tried to skip around my kitchen. And I was a little rusty. I felt like a bit of a doofus. And I haven't done it in years. So I guess my question is, how do you improve as a skipper? Can you practice skipping to get better? Any tips? (laughs)
1: Well, first I'd say there's some benefit in getting in touch with your inner doofus and being okay (laughs) with it. (laughs) To be silly and to have fun. Our adult selves don't like that, you know? So it's really easy for even today, like I've been skipping for 23 years now on a regular basis, and I still have a part of me that comes in to judge. So not saying you're a doofus, you look silly, you're not doing this well, which is what your side said to you. But to me now it'll say, you're going to annoy people with your joy just don't do this right now like that voice or people are going to think you're crazy or whatever that voice is still there for me 23 years later and the voice of my spirit loves to skip and so it says i, I my soul is really like i'm going to skip and so that voice has gotten stronger the more that i choose it and my awareness between the two has gotten stronger so mm-hmm. When I sit down to write and I hear a voice say, are you really going to start your book again? You've been trying to do this forever. I recognize that voice as the same voice that cautions me that I might not want to skip. And Mm -hmm. I've learned over time that if I can choose my joy and choose my bliss and move in that direction, that that's what's going to make me happy. And that voice is never going to stop telling me not to do it. So now I at least recognize it. I'm like, oh, you're that voice that tells me not to skip. Thanks for your opinion, but I'm going (laughs) to skip or write or do whatever it is that that cautionary voice is telling me not to do.
2: So I love that you said book because as I was putting this whole interview together, I was thinking there's got to be a book in here because I literally had 50 questions for you and I was shocked. I thought, wait a minute, this is about skipping. Like, you know, I, I, I could do interviews with major <laughs> movie stars and not have 50 questions. What is it about skipping? But really there were a million questions and I thought this could be a book and that's the raise. You're going to have to come back on, by the way, when that book is done and we silence that inner critic and make it happen. Uh, you're going to have to come back on it and talk about that. I loved your suggestions of where and how and when to skip. And one of them was the best ways to skip is at a crosswalk. Can you tell us more about
1: that? This is my favorite place and time to skip. So when you walk into a crosswalk and there's a car sitting there waiting for you, they're waiting and there you've got a captive audience and they want you to get across faster. And so I just, every time I'm in a crosswalk, I just start skipping. I don't, and I just skip to a crosswalk and then I start walking again. And I know it just brings smiles to the people who see it and, it, you know, lifts my spirits too. But that is my absolute favorite place to skip for
2: sure. I love that. You've even suggested skipping in the aisle of a grocery store. And I, I so that one yes. I'm trying to like picture myself doing that where I know people and they just be like, hello, what is wrong with you? But have, well, it, the, what is
1: that like for you? Well, the voice tells us people will say, hello, what is wrong with you? But actually, <laughs> what happens is people smile and laugh too. Like, it's very rare that you get a seriously negative reaction to skipping because it, it's joyful. People are like, what? The, like, we'll skip to my loo. You know, like people just react and they feel the joy of it and it uplifts them. But our logical, rational adult voice tells us, don't do that. You can't do that. People are going to think you're crazy, but that's actually not true in the moment. Some people just start skipping too. It just lifts them up. That's so cool. You, you also
2: suggest skipping on a treadmill and that's really interesting. So explain the thing. Do you have to be able to run first before you can skip on a treadmill? You sort of have to get the running
1: piece first. Mm. No, you don't have to, to run first. I, I do it very slow. So basically, and skipping on the treadmill when there are serious runners on either side of you and you're just skipping along as <laughs> sappy as can be is so much fun. I, I love that too. But so basically, I just set the treadmill to a slow, even walking pace or like, let's say 3.5, 3.8, 4.0. That's and then a lot start for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or whatever you, whatever your walking pace is. And then yeah. just put in like two skips to, to, do, to start. So nice. do, do, you don't have to like be skipping the whole time, but do it at your walking pace. Don't yes. make it go really fast. But this, you know, this isn't more advanced. You should try skipping in your kitchen first before you get on the <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But it is really fun with a happy song and just like do, do, do. do it's great.
2: That's so great, I, and I love your suggestion for sneaking in a workout. And I love when you say just skip around the house for a quickie workout. So smart! Because what if you don't have time to go to the gym? And I typically walk ten thousand steps a day, but it can get boring. So how cool to shake it up a little bit, adding a little bit of pop of sparkle with
1: with a little skip. Yes, and and a very picking a song that is your joy song that lifts you up and makes you happy. That's often the second besides crosswalks, my second favorite place to skip is in the gym in the mornings when there's no one in the workout room. And so I'll just put on my happy song, whatever it is at the moment, or whatever makes me just makes my spirit sing. And then I'll just for one song, I'll skip and I'll raise my vibration. And that's great. And I do whatever else to do my cardio. But for my spirit and my joy, I just give it that burst of skipping so smart
2: well as, as you just mentioned you say that people should pick a happy song a song that lifts your spirits and skip and dance from beginning to end and one of your faves is the song Fat Bottom Girls by Queen so let's all have a quick listen to a taste of one of Kim's fave songs to skip to oh! I just love that. Like that got me in the mood to go skipping. I know it's one of your favorite songs and I encourage everyone to find your favorite song that will motivate and inspire you to skip. What are some of your other favorite skipping
1: songs, Kim? Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull them out. <laughs> you know, it really, it really varies. I'd have to look at my Spotify playlist to be able to pull them out. Just really uplifting songs. There's a song that says. It's good to be alive. I don't know who the artist is. That's one of them right now. I really, I'll use my Spotify Discover Weekly. It's gotta be something that's really uplifting. That's so good.
2: You also say it's a great way, skipping is a great way to include the whole family and get your kids to skip with you. And I can really see that happening. How do teenagers feel about skipping?
1: Well, when we're (laughs) teenagers is when we stop skipping. It depends. (laughs) If they're rebels, they kind of like it. But it's around junior high school when we get told you're not a kid anymore. Don't skip, act like an adult, and you're really worried about fitting in. So that's probably the hardest time to skip. But for little kids, I love to say to them, you know, have you ever noticed that you guys skip all the time and grownups don't skip? Will you skip with me or will you show me how to skip again? And they just wow. light up and love to, you know, I said, I think the world would be a lot better if more grownups skip, don't you? And they all say yes. <laughs>
2: That's great. That's so great. I love that you recommend making a game out of it. And I love that you've written about how you recommend choosing to skip every time you see a picket fence, or you can skip to every other mailbox. Such a great idea. How are some other ways that we can incorporate skipping into our day?
1: Well, you can, instead of feeling like you have to skip for a long way, when you're out for a walk, you can just do counting steps. So you can do like walk to skip to Walk three, skip three. You can mix it up like that, which is a lot better. Because when you first start as an adult, it's really easy to be like think you're going to jump really high and bounce into the air, and and it's better to have a low impact skip. And to again, because we want to have fun, we want to be in the joy. You don't want your physical body to Mm. get too worn out. So if you mix it up like that, and just like maybe skip 10 steps. Or just when you're out for your walk, just commit. I'm going to skip 10 steps. And I always encourage when I do interviews like this to, for your readers, just right now, wherever you are, just skip five steps. You can just get your body and see how it feels and see what it <laughs> kind of sparks in you. Yeah, like
2: even though I was rusty, it was fun. Like I was giggling and, you know, you're a little embarrassed, but you'd be a little silly, but it's also fun. And it's, it's, it's just fantastic. There's lots of skipping variations, you say, like the butterfly skip, the chicken skip, the twirling skip and the air guitar skip. I love that one. What's your fave?
1: Oh, uh, the twirling skip for sure. I've kind of mastered it. So I'll, I'll do that in the, um, in the workout room. And I just, You know, I'm kind of skipping and twirling as I go. And I've learned to spot from dance class so so I don't fall down. Yeah, that would be my favorite.
2: Yeah. You're, you're a ballerina skipper when you get to do that. You get yeah. to combine ballet and skipping. That's fun. You even talk about galloping. I love this as an extended form of skipping. Can you say more about that?
1: Yeah. And actually when kids first start to skip, they only gallop. Like they don't have the coordination to switch between feet. So galloping is just when you just <laughs> one foot is forward. And when I was a kid, actually, people always ask me, did you skip when you were a kid? And I don't remember skipping as a kid, but I rode horses. And so we would set up a course and the backyard where we would jump around like we were horses and we would gallop and do lead changes. And so wow. I, I was more of a galloper when I was a kid, but I did it quite a bit. So I just want to tell the audience
2: here, isn't it amazing how much there is to say about skipping just about how there's something very childlike about it? And mostly when you do it as an adult, you feel like a kid again. And that's so important. It's like, isn't there a saying that babies or children smile or laugh 500 times a day, whereas adults, maybe three? Well, this is a way to add lots of smiles and lots of giggles, right?
1: Yeah. And it also can be metaphoric. Like skipping's not for everyone. That's for sure. I've definitely learned that along the way. (laughs) But there are things that maybe that you enjoy doing as a kid that you have stopped doing that would be nice to bring back. Like I, I rode horses for when I was younger and I didn't ride for 18 years. And then when I got back into that, it reactivated that part of me. And I think finding ways to make that childlike spirit that's still alive in each of us, bring it to the forefront is, is really what makes life worth living. It's supposed to be fun, this journey. And it's so easy to get stressed out with all that's going on. And And to lose that joy that it's our birthright. That's what what we're here for. So it's so true. You know, in the wheel of life, which is what I do
2: as a life coach, I'll always start with the wheel. And one of the wedges, one of the eight wedges in the wheel is the fun piece. And a lot of adults forget about that fun piece. They focus on the career and the relationship. And it's so interesting because when you get that fun piece jogged and moved, everything else reactivates exactly as you say, like, things even improve in your career, and your love life, and your relationships, and your health and fitness, of course, as we're discussing. There's also, what's cool about skipping is it doesn't have to be an individual thing, but it can be. So you don't have to rely on anyone. You can just go out for a skip and, you know, not have to rely on a workout buddy. But you also talk
1: about group skips. What's a group skip? Well, when I first started the skipping movement in 1999 is when My, you know, synchronicity came back around and my calling got my attention again. And when I started skipping in 1999, I organized happy hour skips on Fridays in San Francisco up Justin Herman plot or up the Embarcadero. And then I did Sunday skips in the park. And so we would all get together and we would skip for like a block at a time and then take a break (laughs) so everyone could catch up because not everyone could, could uh, keep up the pace. And when you see one skipper, it brings a lot of joy, but when you see a whole gaggle of skippers, it's, is a whole nother thing. So, and it's just really fun to, to do it with other people. And so we did that for many, many years of just group skipping events. And I also uh, led in Austin before COVID. That's what changed it. But for four years in a row, I was the skip master of ceremonies at a event called (laughs) the Austin Skip Fest that raised money for uh, Foster Angels of Central Texas And it was like 300 kids and adults, everyone skipping together uh, for a good cause. And we would like had a track that we went around. And that was skipping with that many people was a dream come true. Were you amazed when people magazine
2: and time and newsweek started to notice? Like, what was that first real press like for you when you got this attention from like a worldwide media outlet saying, we love this story. Was that a bit of a trip? Don't answer that just yet. We're going to go on a short commercial break. And when we come back, we'll find out more about the worldwide media attention that you got when you started bringing skipping into the mainstream. Be right back, back in a
0: moment. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
2: We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm here with skipping enthusiast, Kim Corbin. And Kim, just before the break, I was asking you if it was a bit of a trip for you when you started receiving this worldwide media attention.
1: It was, it's been a long, strange, skippy trip. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like the vision that I had that first time that I skipped came true times a million. I mean, like, I was like, I found my calling and it was And I'm, I'm going to follow it no matter where it goes. You know, like I was completely energized and emboldened. And (laughs) I read a book once that says that um, someone that's emboldened by a call will charge hell with a water pistol. It was (laughs) like that. It was just like, I knew I was doing what I was meant to do. And it was incredible. And I didn't use any of my publicity skills to do it either. These people just called me. So it was just, it had a life of its own. It was right when the dot-com world got going, right now, the same thing wouldn't happen. It's a perfect storm. And everyone was trying to make money and figure out how to do IPOs and what their business model is going to be. And I just said, I just want to share a positive message with the world. Skipping is free. Mm. And my dad would say, how does the cash register ring? How are you going to pay? I'm like, I don't know, dad. I found my calling. And if I follow it, if I leap, the net will follow. And unfortunately, I uh, quit my day job to do it. And I left and Now, 23 years later, I can say the net has followed, but there was a little, you know, a dark night of the soul in there that that was a little bit more challenging too. (laughs) As part of the process. you stuck with it.
2: You stuck with it. And I think the universe responds in kind when you stick with something that really is your passion, your calling, your why, your purpose. And what ended up happening was you ended up getting hired as a senior publicist at New World Library, I don't know what, 20 years ago. So all of a sudden you have the day job that you still enjoy and love. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But in addition to that, you've got this other thing that fuels you and that gives you your passion and your bliss. So what a beautiful marriage to have those two things going. And I bet you that by keeping the skipping, that's how you got the new world. Like it all works together, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and skipping wouldn't let me go. There was many times that I thought, okay, it's over. And it kept coming back around for sure. And I Mm -hmm. do think that there is really something to be said about having a passion project that is not tied to your livelihood. Once Mm -hmm. I put the pressure of needing to support me on skipping, the joy of it was gone and Mm -hmm. it gets to be what it is, you know, and The thing that even when the going got rough with the skipping movement, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted the skipping thing to start. I wanted to feel like I was using my life to make a difference in this world. Like that is Mm -hmm. what I got a taste of through the skipping movement. It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is helping people and it's uplifting people. And that's what I want. And then when that I lost my way for a while in the dark night of the soul, that's what I wanted. So when I got to New World Library... I got that in an even grander scale, really. It wasn't my personal thing, which still has continued on, but I get to support the work of just the thought leaders of today who are shifting consciousness, which is really what I love. So it's, it's wonderful that skipping gets to be my passion project and New World Library is, has been and continues to be such a rewarding place for me to contribute my energy.
2: I I love the people that you've worked with at New World. One of them that comes to mind is Eckhart Tolle. What was that like working with him? I, I don't know if you were involved in The Power of
1: Now, but like, wow. The Power of Now is before my time, but I did get to meet Eckhart when he came to New World And it was just, it was amazing. He's one of those people that it just feels like you're around a tuning fork just by being near him. He just immediately lifts your vibration and everyone was kind of nervous about him being there. And I, my inner child, we were walking down the hall and I said, Eckhart's in the house. And he has it too. He has that inner child and he, we laugh together and, you know, it was really, really special and such an honor to meet him. I mean, talk about someone who's walks his talk in the world. Did he skip? That's the big question. Did he skip with you? <laughs> I didn't ask him to. I should have. <laughs> and
2: I'm sure he would have. <laughs> I, I'm sure he would have for you. Uh, Shakti Gawan, who was one of the co-founders of New World and of course wrote Creative Visualization. Is that the name of the book? Yeah. And which still sells, I don't know, so many copies and and sadly uh, she has passed. But can you tell us about Shakti Gawan and what it was like working with that incredible force of nature?
1: Yeah, it's actually Shakti Gawain, is how you pronounce it Shakti Gawain. And she was my mentor. She, it was before she died, I had the, I was struggling with my book at the time. And I thought, what, what can I do hmm. to help move me through this? I need a mentor. And so I reached out to her and I said, would you be willing to mentor me? And hmm. she had just decided to create a mentoring program like the week I contacted her. So, we started working wow. together and doing a lot of voice dialogue work where you really check in with the different aspects of yourself. And she's, yeah, it's just like <laughs> a very special place in my heart. A wonderful woman who wow. she started the company with Mark Allen when they, she, right after she wrote Creative Visualization. And it, it just was an instant. Oprah had her on and the rest is history. Wow. It's been 35 wow. years since New World Library started. What was that interview like between Oprah and Shakti? What
2: was that? What's memorable about that interview?
1: I didn't see it actually because it was, this is like in 1980. Wow. Yeah. So, and so there's, it's not even out there in the archives anywhere or anything. It was before Oprah, even the first interview happened before she went national. And then they re-aired it later once it went national. And that's what really caused creative visualization to take off. And it is, it's still one of our bestsellers today. It's an incredible Isn't book. that amazing? I wonder if that
2: even inspired Oprah to begin her whole self-help movement aspect of the show, which is really how the show evolved. I wonder if Shakti uh, influenced that decision. I bet there was something yeah. in there, some synergy there.
1: Shakti had an amazing influence when she passed. And I really got to see that through her Facebook page that I helped manage and that kind of thing. Like the extent to which she was the original, you know, it was way, way back. She was one of the, the first ones. That's it's incredible. I would love to also go back to
2: 1997 and talk about your first Burning Man Festival, which I think really changed your life and opened your mind to this fabulous skipping journey and helping make people happy. I never heard of a Burning Man Festival until two days ago. And I asked some of my team members who are all younger than me. They knew about it. And then I asked some of the people I work with. Well, I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Uh, my hairdresser <laughs> and makeup artist, they knew about it. And I'm like, where have I been? So what happened when you embarked on that experience for the first time of the Burning Man Festival? And what is that exactly?
1: Uh, well, Burning Man is, uh, its uh, my first year at Burning Man was 1997 just before around that, that whole same time that I had my first skipping journey. And I had just moved from Indiana. And Burning Man is a festival to California from Indiana. And Burning Man is a art festival in the desert where everyone who attends builds a temporary city called Black Rock City and there's no commercial vending. It's all, everyone brings what they need to survive water, food, everything, In extremely harsh weather conditions. This past huh. year was one of the worst weather years ever. I mean, we're talking, if you don't drink water, you die. You can be in whiteout dust storms for like 10 hours. It's like really intense, but wow, I was invited to go and I was, I had never been camping before in 1997. And back then there was 15,000 people. Now there's 80,000 people. I mean, it's, I have changed a lot since then and so is Burning Man, but I, I was invited to go and I was totally planning on going. And then someone mentioned that it was clothing optional. And when they said it was clothing optional, I my Midwestern sensibilities were like, hell no, I'm for heck no, I'm not going, no way. And I tried to back out of it. And my friend said, no, it's not, because I imagined me, my Midwestern awkward self being surrounded by all these free spirited, naked yes. hippies, and I'm like I'm not going. <laughs> Talk about that voice. It was like, no, you're not going. And then my friend said, it's Burning Man is about being true to yourself. And so it's not about doing what other.'" people are doing it's about finding what's true for you and and Mm. being that that's you really Mm. I think you should go and so I went and by the end I was topless and I was body painted (laughs) and I was like and that (laughs) creative soul my spark I never lost it since then it completely changed my life it it freed me it freed my spirit it freed my bliss and then that then led to the skipping movement later. That's
2: what I was going to say. I guess it freed you to be open to the skipping. You may not have even have noticed the skipping had you not had this Burning Man Festival experience, right? It, it almost right. All, and I, all worked together. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. You also did Nia dancing and well, it's a kind of dance. And I'd love you to explain. I have a friend who's a daytime Emmy award winning on air person who's been a Nia person for years. But can you tell our listeners about Nia and did Nia have something to do with skipping? Because there's a lot of similar elements to the two things, I think.
1: There's a lot of skipping involved in Nia. I came to Nia after I was pretty well established in skipping. So it was immediately a fit because they skip quite a bit in the choreography. Nia is a dance class you know, similar to like uh, Zumba or something where you're following a choreographed routine that the teacher is leading, but it combines dance and martial arts and yoga. And it's really about, uh, it has a mind, body, spirit element more than Zumba is mm. more just like, yeah, party. And this is right. really grounded. Like it's the party, it's the skipping, but it's also the, you know, like grounded in your body on the yeah. earth and and you do kickboxing and you do all of it. So it brings in all the energies and mm. I love it. I I danced Nia in my living room throughout the pandemic. I really got back into it then with teachers wow. who were teaching on Zoom. I highly recommend it. I think one must inform
2: the other, right? Nia can inform the skipping and vice versa, right? They can kind of work. Be, I'm almost imagining this like skipping, uh, like a dance studio, a skipping school with Nia. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, you definitely, like that. Nia, we would always skip a Nia. But Nia's a little more well-rounded than skipping.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have another question for you. Back to the Burning Man Festival, someone on a podcast that you were on that I listened to talked about the line in the sand that we all sort of create. And you had that line in the sand. How did it soften or get blurred or change after everything after the, after the skipping, after the Burning Man experience, because I sense that your line changed. It evolved.
1: Yeah. Well, after my first Burning Man, I came up with the line in the sand theory. And that was how I got on the Burning Man media team. Cause I went up to them, my second Burning Man. I said, I have a way, if any media people want to talk to me, I have a way of describing Burning Man. <laughs> and I said, yeah. everyone has a line in the sand that they go through life with. So mm-hmm. Let's relate it to skipping. So your line in the sand, your side that said, "You this is too dupacy for me." You know, like when you skipped around your living room, like your yeah. line in the sand is like, mm, "There's a line yeah. there." But at Burning yeah. Man, no matter where your line in the sand is around any topic, there is literally like people's lines are so much farther out. You see so much creativity out there, and you're in the safe, supported environment where you can. Erra- and it's literally dusty. Like it's not sand, it's dust, but you can you literally just like erase your line and put it a little farther out there. And at Burning Man, yeah. you do that many times. And by the time you come back, your line in the sand has never changed. That is the
2: coolest. I think that's the coolest thing you've said is, is what a wonderful metaphor for life, for people, right? To take risks, to, to be creative and resourceful and whole and take chances. And, not worry about the doofusness of something and just go for it if it it sparks you and excites you. You also say that magic happens outside your comfort zones, which is, I think, exactly what we're saying. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, that's, you know, the, the Burning Man experience, that's what, that's what makes me, was my biggest example of that. And also skipping. It wasn't comfortable for me to go. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. My new, I, I was what I was being called to do, but then I'm like, am I going to actually be able to go skip down the street? Mm-hmm. And so it's being willing to step out in that way. But I also think it's important with comfort zones to, to mention that leaving a comfort zone for its own sake is not always the best decision. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I quit my job to follow skipping and it didn't go well and I got, you know, like it was not good. Like I, I was like really into jumping out of my comfort zones, but with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you (laughs) have to have like support and food and money and, you know, to survive. And without that, it's really hard to follow your bliss. So Mm -hmm. there's a balance Mm -hmm. there. It's not always just about finding the magic outside of your comfort zone. It's discerning when is the right time to jump and when's not and kind of taking care yes. of yourself in the process.
2: Yes, so true. You also say that grace needs space and that it's important to make room to listen to our inner guidance. And that's so true is to listen to your intuition and just listen to that with that voice. Can you speak more to that?
1: Yeah. So when I first started this, when my skipping the second time in 1999, when I decided to do it, I had started doing a 21 day experiment where I walked a labyrinth at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. And the first time I did it, nothing happened. But my, my intuition said, of course it's nothing happened. You just did it one time. You expect to like come in and like get, you know, for the skies to open with one time. And so I decided Mm -hmm. to do a 21 day experiment and see what would happen. And at the end of that 21 days is when the calling came back in. Mm. And so when the going got rough in the skipping movement and I looked back and thought, okay, what was going on then that made it come through? Like all of a sudden the grace and everything that had been there felt like it left me and I wanted it back so badly. Like, what did I do? How did I get it there before? Hmm. I didn't make anything happen. I held the space to say, what am I supposed to be doing next? What is mine to do? And it came in. And so I, over the last 23 years, I've tried many 21 day experiments and, and most of them did not have this, like the sky did not open with my calling. Like it did that one time, (laughs) but it's a process of getting that, you know, the resistance out of the way and just trying again and asking what's mine to do and knowing that we're called to do many different things.
2: Absolutely. I heard the doorbell. That's okay. We're transparent here. We can always edit that. Don't worry. Okay, but, um, <laughs> I, I didn't want you to worry about it. That's why I said that. It's so interesting because we had Julia Cameron on the show. Of course, who wrote the seminal book on creativity, the Artist way. And that's exactly what she talks about is 21 days is what it takes to form a habit. And I'll often say as a coach, don't make your decision after day six, exactly what you've just said. Go for the 21 days. There's, you know, people laugh when you say, they say that it takes 21 days, who's they, but whoever they is, it's kind of a true thing that if you just go for that full, it's with a diet, it's with, it's with a new habit, with a goal. It's so true.
1: Yes. And I think also when we go and we say, okay, higher power, what is my calling? When we finally get to the point where we're willing to surrender and ask, then we expect the answer to come in, like, you know, in a couple of days and then we lose interest and we move on if it doesn't come in. But it's something that we need to consistently come back to and make room Mm -hmm. for so that that can come in. I just read yesterday a quote from Eckhart Tolle when I was doing some research for social media stuff for New World Library. And he says too, we can't transform ourselves or others. We, we can't change ourselves, but we can create the space for love and grace to come into our lives. And that's, that's really what I'm, what I'm getting at with that.
2: What a lovely sentiment. I love that.
1: I also like so much when you write that we can be
2: called for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And it's all about being curious and saying yes to whatever blessings, challenges, and lessons that life brings us. Can you say more about that? Because that that was very interesting when I read that.
1: Yes. Uh, So when the skipping movement, when I was on the mountaintop skipping and life was great and that everything was wonderful and I was like, yes, I love this universe. This is so good. And it was wonderful. And then when the going got rough, I thought, what's going on? Like, why is it? And I realized the universe is bringing me what it's bringing me now for a reason. And and so that I will learn a lesson. And I, and if I can say, I need to say yes to whatever it's bringing me. It's easy to say yes to skipping on the mountaintop and getting national publicity. It's not so easy to say yes to Oh, here's a person in your life that's mirroring something in you that you don't like that you need to look at and work with, which is what a lot of that happened so that I would learn the lessons that I needed to learn on my hero's journey. That's what the dark night of the soul's for. So it's acceptance of what is in front of us and saying yes, even if it's not like skipping is a, a lifetime. I'm pretty convinced now after trying to give it up many times and it coming back around, like it's, I mean, I'm my people, my friends call me skipper, like it's a lifetime, but there, yes. you know, there's many reasons that I was being called to face things I didn't like. And then you can also just like, I would wake up and say, how, how can I serve today? And then I, one time I ran into this woman in San Francisco who was having a diabetic reaction who needed help. And that was how I served that day. You know, like it can, mm-hmm. we want it to be this big life purpose thing, but there's many big and little ways that we can call. And I think they're all valuable.
2: Mm-hmm. So true. You also say that skipping strengthens the voice of your heart. And that you've written that to this day, even after 23 years of skipping in public, just before you skip, your logical mind says something like, don't skip right now. You were referring to this earlier. You're going to annoy people with your joy while the voice in your heart and your joy says, yay, I'd love to skip. Let's go. So every time we choose to follow that voice in our heart, it grows stronger. And when we're connected to that voice, anything is really possible which is such a big part of what this show is all about. So how can we become more connected to that voice and not listen to that inner critic and that gremlin that wants to get in the way?
1: I think it's awareness. And I think it's not about not listening to the inner critic and the gremlin because I think that I tried to do that. I Early in the skipping movement, I was like, oh yeah, inner critic. Well, I love to skip more. I'm skipping right past you. And I just skipped off. Well, my inner critic had some reasonable concerns at the time and had some things, had some value to add. So I think, and I thought I could just skip past it. So when you, if you try and push down your inner critic or any aspect of ourselves, I think it just festers under there and comes back up. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so I think it's really about awareness. And then when you are in the moment and you can say, oh, my inner critic is saying this, my spirit is saying this, And it's the ability to choose between the two is where our strength lies. Mm -hmm. So it's not about trying to silence one. It's about holding both and then choosing. I think that's the, it's a a little bit of an energetic shift
2: versus just trying to,
1: to not be in the inner critic.
2: Well, I think it's almost like when you're meditating and thoughts come into your mind, you don't go, uh, I have to stop meditating. You notice the thought, you witness the thought, and you have to balance coming back to the breath with the thought. And, and you know, it's it's a dance, right? It's all a dance. You believe that skipping makes the world a happier place. It contributes joy and positivity and positive energy to the world. It's an instant mood lifter in that it's virtually impossible not to smile when you skip. And you've said that the reaction from people is it's impossible for them not to smile when they skip. I had a question about, do you ever go back to the traditional kind of skipping with a skipping rope? Or is that boring after the truest expression of skipping
1: well, it's very challenging. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a rope skipper. It's funny, people in the UK, when you tell them about skipping, I have to always let them know I'm not talking about rope skipping. I did a whole BBC interview and at the very end, they said, okay, one last question. Where do you buy your rope? And I said, oh, no, oh, I don't skip with a rope. And they're like, what? No rope? I mean, they couldn't even believe it. So no, I am not um, a rope skipper. You know, Maybe if I'm feeling ambitious one day at the gym, I'll, I'll give it a try. But it's a whole nother level of, of fitness and then just the joy of no rope skipping.
2: You skipped down the aisle when you got married. Your partner was so cool that he even skipped down the aisle when you got married. What made you finally decide to get married after
1: 18 years of dating? That's a very long courtship. It is. I'm a very independent spirit. He always gets blamed for like that. It's everyone's like, it's about time. But I was the holdout because I am an independent, free spirit. And I loved having my own place. We didn't even live together until just a couple of years before we got married. So, and Uh, because I was like, well, we better move in together if we're going to get engaged. (laughs) So, um, I just really, I'm a free spirit and I liked having my cake and eating it too for a long time, honestly. And then I just got to a point where our relationship, I knew it was going to be even grow stronger if we took the next step. So I didn't rush it. I, I let the, I didn't try and force anything. It just wasn't time for us. And then it's just, it's been great. We've been married since June of 2019 and it gets better and better all the time. And, yeah. And he's great. a, he that's loves to skip with me too. So
2: <laughs> oh, it's the best. Your bridesmaids skipped, people skipped at the wedding. There's so many things I, I could go on and on. And I know we have to wrap, but I even love that you were in a parade dressed as a pink unicorn skipping. <laughs> and how fun was that? Just briefly.
1: <laughs> well, that's, I actually, that's my newest little calling as I started a thing called the Unicorn Blessing Brigade here in Petaluma, where I said calling all unicorns and we have, we've had, we've had five of them and there's been 30 to 40 people who come out on riding unicorns or in the pink unicorn and we frolic around town together. So that's been my latest, my latest, my latest little calling that's come through.
2: That's so great.
1: Happy hour skipping briefly. That sounds
2: really good. Combining two fun activities.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was what we did in San Francisco, where we would skip up uh, the Embarcadero and uh, meet at the Irish Bank for adult beverages after. That's
2: so great. You are a seeker of joy in all things. And, and, and it's so apparent and it's so wonderful. Like really you are such a, I don't even know how I never realized this because you just were meant to be on this show. Um, What is your ultimate dream when it comes to skipping?
1: My ultimate dream is to bring this book forward for me to take the whole experience, this wonderful gift I've been given of this calling. It's going to make me emotional even saying it and to, take that out to have it integrated in my life and to be able to bring it out and offer it to the world in a way that will help other people find and live their bliss. That that's it. That's my ultimate dream. That's it. And you've already been emotional so I'm not even going to ask the final question which is what
2: is bliss for Kim Corbin because I think that you just answered it. Is there anything else? Um no, I don't think so. That's it. I have to tell you Kim when we first booked you as I mentioned I thought it was going to be a 20 minute interview. <laughs> I still have many more questions, which means that there's definitely room for this book to happen. And I really wish you the best of luck with it. And I just have to say that uh, it's just really been delightful having you here. And and I do think that you're making the world a better place, really a more beautiful place by what you're doing. It's It's just wonderful. Thank
1: you. Oh, thank you, Judy
2: was so fun. Let's tell everyone where they can find out about this. Tell us about your website, social media.
1: How can people get in touch with you and get connected to skipping? Uh, iskip.com is the website and all my social media links are on there. And I'm on all the different platforms. And then also newworldlibrary.com is New World Library's website where we have just a whole bunch of great self-help books and consciousness shifting books and books that change lives. Well, I think you're doing,
2: you're doing that as well. And I, I really want to thank you so much. It's been a real honor to to connect with you in this way, not just as the senior publicist at New World, but as this beautiful um, human being on this planet. So thank you.
1: Oh, thanks, Judy. Skip on.
2: <laughs> thank you. Each week we spotlight a fabulous person like Kim Corbin, who is living their bliss. So if you're an author, an artist, a yoga meditation or mindfulness expert or really anyone who is found and is following their bliss and bringing it to the world like Kim Corbin, we'd love to hear from you. We also would love to feature you if you're a singer, songwriter, because we always think music is part of bliss as well. If you're a singer, please reach out to us at FYB at FindingYourBliss.com. Also, what did you love about today's show? (laughs) Duh. Kim Cor- Corbin. Are there any guests or topics you would love us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Write to us at fyb at findingbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, please reach out to us. I'm on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can always reach us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss and we come back, back in a moment. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And this week in Bliss News, we are so excited to announce that Kelly Holop is back in the house and she will be singing us out of the show today with a sneak peek from her upcoming show, Rumor Has It. The Songbook of Adele, which just premiered in Halifax at the Neptune Theater to rave reviews and is now coming to Ontario for a limited run for three exclusive shows only from January 27th to 28th at the Capitol Theater in Port Hope. To get tickets, all you have to do is call the box office at 1-905-885-1071. Or you can send an email to info at capitoltheatre.com. And that's spelled C-A-P-I-T-O-L theater.com. Again, the number to call for tickets, 905-885-1071. Kelly Holoff is back on the show today. And of course, you all know her as the very popular theater cabaret and concert performer based in Toronto. She really is a beautiful gal inside and out and beyond talented. Selected performance highlights of hers include touring with Colm Wilkinson, opening for President Bush and President Clinton, creating and headlining in Rumor Has It, the Songbook of Adele, Neptune Theatre, which, as just mentioned, is now opening for an exclusive limited run at the Capitol Theatre at Port Hope, beginning January 27th. Kelly Holoff is also a voice for the Heart and Stroke Foundation, and she has had the pleasure of tributing some of the most iconic singers, including Janis Joplin and Rosemary Clooney. Some of her other fabulous selected theatre credits include Doralee in 9 to 5, Capital Theatre, Mixtape, Musical Stage Company, Brooke in Noises Off, Mayfield, Captain Hook in Peter Pan, Neptune Theatre, Aldonza Dulcinea. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Kelly, in Man of La Mancha at the Drayton Theatre, Uncovered, Musical Stage Company, Ursula in Little Mermaid at the Drayton, Taking the A Train, Soul Pepper. Anne of Green Gables at Charlottetown, Hairspray Capital Theatre, Sound of Music with Aquarius, and Knishes and Grits with the Harold Green Jewish Theatre. Up next, you can also find her, and I'm so excited for this, at the Stratford Festival as well, performing in Rent and A Wrinkle in Time. I always love hearing her sing. So without further ado, here is Kelly Holliff singing a sneak peek from the show, Rumor Has It. Let's all have a listen. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Oh, my God. Oh, I just love that song. I love your voice, Kelly. I can't wait to see you in that show. I'm so, so excited. Thank you for being here today. I would like to thank our wonderful guests on the show, one of which is Kelly Holoff, and of course, Kim Corbin for being on the show today as well. Also, a big thank you to Meg Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, producer Nayra Money, associate producer Jess Carrero, audio engineer, Juliana Yanuziello, senior editor, Lauren Kaminsky, video editor, Sierra Brown Rodriguez, audio producer, Faz, Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. We're going to close out the show today with a short quote. And I have to tell you, I was thinking of Kelly Holoff when I chose this quote. And here it is. Doing easily what others find difficult is talent. Doing what is impossible with talent is genius. For everyone here, I'm Judy Lee Brack reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.